Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina Wa min sayyati a'malina Man yahdihillah falamudillala Wa man yudlil falahadiyalak وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هج محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار مرحبا بكم جميعا أهلا وسهلا We continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of Al-Imam Al-Nawawi رحمه الله تعالى And we are still in the introduction And we left off in the last class with the statement of Al-Imam Al-Nawawi رحمه الله وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدًا عبده ورسوله وحبيبه وخليله أفضل المخلوقين المقرم بالقرآن العزيز المعجزة المستمرة على تعاقب السنين وبالسنن المستنيرة للمسترشدين للمرترشدين المخصوص بجوامع الكلم وسماحة الدين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين والمرسلين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين الإمام النووي he states I bear witness that our master Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم is his servant meaning the servant of Allah and his messenger and his beloved, and his close friend, the best of the creation, the one who has been honored with the mighty Qur'an, which is a continuous uh, miracle throughout the passing of the years, and with the illuminated sunan that is for those who seek to be guided, the one who has been designated with the comprehensive speech and the forbearing religion. 
And may the salawat of Allah and His salam be upon Him and upon the rest of the Prophets and the Messengers and the family of all as well as the rest of the righteous. We covered that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam described himself in his statement, Ana Sayyidu Walidi Adam Yomal Qiyama Wala Fakhr. That I am the master of the children of Adam on the day of judgment without any bragging or any boasting. This statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reflects the status that Allah has given to him. That he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the master of the children of Adam. Meaning he's the best of them. He's the leader of the children of Adam on the day of judgment. And this is a status that Allah has given to him. And he is the most beloved of mankind to Allah. And he is the khalil the close friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the best of creation, the one who has been honored with the mighty Qur'an. And as we know, the Qur'an is the last revelation from Allah to mankind. And there is no more revelation that will be revealed after the Qur'an. This is the last book. No more books will come. No more prophets and messengers will be sent. Even when the Prophet Isa, Jesus, alayhi salam, even when he returns, he will return as a follower of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa He will not return as a new messenger to us, but he will return as a follower of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam implementing the Qur'an and the Sunnah amongst mankind. And the miracle of the Qur'an is one that lasts throughout the time. And this is one of the many virtues of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu over the previous prophets and messengers. That even after the death of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his miracle or the sign that he came with continues. And this is how the affair will be until Allah azawajal raises the Qur'an up to him. As there has come in the authentic narration that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise the Qur'an back up to him. He will remove it from the earth. So when the people go and open up the masahif, the words of Allah will no longer be there. And that which the people have memorized, they will forget, it will be removed from their hearts. And this is towards the end of time. Now, the sunan of the Prophet ﷺ gives light to those who seek guidance, to those who Allah has given them the success to follow the guidance. And the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is divided into five categories. Number one, a sunnatul i'tiqadiyah. We have the sunnah of belief. 
the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ entails that which he believed in. And it is upon the people to believe the way the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ believed. Number two, as-sunnatul qawliya. We have the verbal sunnah. The things that the Prophet ﷺ, he said out of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's upon us to follow the Prophet ﷺ in those affairs and say that which he said in worshipping Allah. Number three, as-sunnatul fi'liya. The practical sunnah, the actions that the Prophet ﷺ did in worshipping Allah. This is a part of his sunnah. Number four, as-sunnatul taqririya. You have the sunnah of approval. Meaning the things that were done during the time of the Prophet ﷺ that he approved of. This is also a part of the sunnah. And the last matter, as-sunnatul tarqiyya. The sunnah of abandonment. Meaning those things that the Prophet ﷺ abandoned seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is upon us to follow the Prophet in those affairs. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُ And whatever the messenger gives you, then take it. And whatever the messenger forbids you from, abstain from it. An example of the sunnah of belief. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he mentioned the narration of the cow that will speak and the wolf that will speak. And the Sahaba, they were amazed when the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that there will come a time when a person will be riding on top of a cow and the cow will turn around to the man and say, I have not been created for this. And the Sahaba, they said, Subhanallah, Baqaratun tatakallam. Glory be to Allah and how far Allah is removed from any imperfections. A cow that talks. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, أَنَا أُؤْمِنْ بِهَذَا وَأَبُوْ بَكَرْ وَعُمَرْ He said, I believe in this as well as Abu Bakr and Umar. They also believe in this. So this shows that this is something the Prophet believed. And the best of the Muslims after the Prophet ﷺ, they believed. Abu Bakr and Umar radiyallahu anhumah. And then when he mentioned the affair of the wolf that snatches the sheep away and the shepherd will get it back. And then the wolf will turn to the shepherd and say, who will be its shepherd on the day that there is no shepherd for it except for me? The sahaba, they said, subhanallah, dhibun yatakallam. He says, glory be to Allah and how far is Allah removed from any imperfection? A wolf talking. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, أَنَا أُؤْمِنْ بِهَذَا وَأَبُوْ بَكَرْ وَعُمَرْ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, I believe, I believe in this as well as Abu Bakr and Umar. So this is an example of believing the way the Prophet believes. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As for the verbal sunnah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say, every morning after... Salat al-Fajr In dua Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'an Wa rizqan tayyiban 
وَعَمَلًا مُتَقَبَّلًا Every morning the Prophet ﷺ, he will make this dua. This is something he did verbally or something he verbally said as worshipping Allah. Oh Allah, indeed I ask you for beneficial knowledge. I ask you for good provisions. And I ask you for actions that are accepted or accepted acts of worship. As for a sunnatul fi'liyah, then it is that which the Prophet ﷺ used to do. We find that the Prophet ﷺ used to pray two raka'ah before Fajr. The Prophet ﷺ, he used to fast on Mondays and Thursdays. The Prophet ﷺ, he was kind and gentle when dealing with the people. This is his actions. Or these are his actions. Praying the five daily prayers and other than that, from that which is obligatory and from that which is recommended. This is a part of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Number four, a sunnah to the sunnah of approval. Meaning those things that were done and said in the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and he did not rebuke the action or the statement. Meaning that the matter has been approved of as an example. The narration where Muawiyah ibn Hakim al-Sulami, he slapped the servant girl in her face. She was watching over the livestock. A wolf came and took away one of the livestock. He became upset and he slapped her in her face. Afterwards, he regretted his act of slapping her. And he went to the Prophet ﷺ and he said to the Prophet ﷺ, the serving girl was watching over the livestock. A wolf came and took away one of the livestock and I became angry like the son of Adam becomes angry and I slapped her in her face. The Prophet ﷺ said, Ittibiha, bring her here. When he brought her to the Prophet ﷺ, he said to her, Ain Allah. Qalat fissama. Qala wa man ana? Qalat anta Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Faqala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A'tiqha fa innaha mu'mina. So when Muawiyah ibn Hakim al-Sulami radiyallahu an, he brought the servant girl to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet asked her, where is Allah? She said, Allah is above the heavens. The Prophet then asked her sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who am I? She said, you're the messenger of Allah. The Prophet said, free her, she's a believer. How does this relate to this fourth category of sunnah? How does this relate to the fourth category of sunnah? The sunnah of approval? He approved of, Jazakallah khairin. He approved of what she said. She said, Allah, he, when he asked her, where is Allah? She said, Allah is above the heavens. And Allah is above the creation. When he asked her, who am I? She said, you are the messenger of Allah. He said, free her, she's a believer. So he based or established her belief based upon the answers to his questions, which means she answered correctly. 
if her answers were incorrect, it would have been upon the Prophet ﷺ to correct her right then and there. As the principle is, لا يجوز تأخير البيان وقت الحاجة It's not permissible to delay clarifying the matter at the time of need. And there's no way that she answers the questions incorrectly and then the Prophet says, free her, she is a believer based upon the answers, that the answers are wrong. And this narration, barakallahu feekum, in reality, is a refutation against those who say that Allah is everywhere. This is incorrect. Because when she answered that Allah is above the heavens, the Prophet didn't correct and say, no, this is wrong. Rather, Allah is everywhere. And as Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, Ar-Rahman al-Arshistawa, that the most merciful, He has rose above the throne. Allah is separate from His creation. Another example of the, of the sunnah of approval, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he had a dream. And in this dream, he was in the paradise. And he heard the footsteps of Bilal radiallahu an in front of him. And when he awoke from the dream and he was with his companions, he asked Bilal, Bilal, what is it that you're doing? That I heard your footsteps in front of me in the paradise. And Bilal radiallahu an he mentioned that he doesn't know what it is except that whenever he breaks his wudu, he makes wudu and then he prays to raka'ah. The Prophet said, this is it. So the Prophet approved of the act of Bilal radiallahu an of making to raka'ah after making wudu. And the ulama, when explaining this hadith, they said this was an approval from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam of the action of Bilal radiallahu an. And lastly, a sunnah al-tarqiyah, the sunnah of abandonment. Meaning those things that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam left off, seeking nearness to Allah. As an example, there's no adhan and there's no ikama for the janazah prayer. There's no adhan and no ikama for the Eid prayer. This is a sunnah. We leave off the adhan and the ikama. Normally when there's a congregation of prayer, there's an adhan and there's an ikama. But not for salat eid But not for the janazah. So now someone comes and says, no, we're gathering, we have to call the adhan. Because the Prophet wasallam normally calls the adhan whenever there's a congregation of prayer. We will say to this person, this opposes the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam Because he left off the adhan and the ikama in these situations. Also, from the greatest of that which the Prophet ﷺ abandoned, the Prophet abandoned shirk, Bilazawajal. The Prophet he left off shirk, the Prophet ﷺ, he left off ma'asi, acts of disobedience to Allah, and other than that, seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when one leaves off something, it has to be done for the sake of Allah in the manner that was done by the Prophet. ﷺ. We find in the narration where the men had approached the family of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and they asked about his ibadah. And it was, it was that when they were informed, it was as if they looked at it as being small in number. Not to belittle what the Prophet wasallam did, but they looked at he didn't do a lot. But they said, أَيْنَ نَحْنُ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَقَدْ غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ وَمَا تَأَخَّرُ where are we from the Messenger of Allah? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah has forgiven him. 
for his past and future sins. Meaning he doesn't have to do a lot. As for us, we're not forgiven for our past and future sins, so we have to do more. So one of them, they said, or one of the men, he said, One of the men, he said, As for me, I'm going to fast every single day, and I'm not going to break my fast. Another, he said, The second man, he said, And as for me, I'm going to pray all night, and I'm not going to sleep at night. And the third man, he said, The third person said, And as for me, I'm not going to get married. And then one narration mentions a man said, One man said, As for me, I'm not going to eat meat. And what was the intent behind these companions? The intent was to leave off these things so that they can busy themselves with worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their intent was not to uh, oppose the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. That wasn't their intentions. Their intentions was to get closer to Allah by leaving off these things. But when the Prophet ﷺ heard about this, he said to them, Are you the ones who said such and such with such and such? He said, أَمَّا وَاللَّهِ إِنِّي لَأَخْشَاكُمْ لِلَّهِ وَأَتْقَاكُمْ لِلَّهِ وَلَكِنَّنِي أَصُمْ وَأُفْتِرْ وَأُصَلِّي وَأَرْكُتْ وَأَتَّزَوَّجُ النِّسَاءِ فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي So the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned to them, Are you the ones who said such and such and such and such? He said, I swear by Allah, I have the most fear of Allah based upon knowledge than all of you. And I am the most pious when it comes to Allah. I have the most taqwa of Allah than all of you. But at the same time, with me being the most fearful of Allah and having the most taqwa of Allah, I fast some days and some days I break my fast. I pray at night and I sleep a portion of the night. And I marry. So whoever desires other than my way is not for me. So these companions, they left off things seeking nearness to Allah, but they're not the things that the Prophet ﷺ left off, seeking nearness to Allah. So from the sunnah, a sunnah a tarqiyah, leaving off the things that the Prophet ﷺ left off, seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the sunnah is a guide for those who want guidance. As for opposing the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, then this is misguidance. As the Prophet ﷺ, he would say, أَمَّا بَعْدْ فَإِنَّ أَصْدَقَ الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرَ الْهَدْيِ هَجُّ مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَالشَّرْوَ الْأُمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَفِي رِوَايَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ the Prophet ﷺ, he would say, as to what follows, indeed, the most truthful speech is the book of Allah. And the best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad wasallam. So there is no guidance of any man better than the guidance of Prophet Muhammad wasallam. And then the Prophet went on to mention, and the most evil of the affairs are the newly invented matters in the religion. Not every newly invented matter, because you have newly invented matters in the, in the dunya. This is allowed as long as it does not oppose the religion like microphones, lights, and other than that, carpet. And these things were not present at one time, and then they came about. So they are newly invented matters, but this is in worldly affairs. The Prophet is not speaking about this. 
He's speaking about adding things to the religion. This is the worst of the affairs. And every newly invented mouth is innovation, and every innovation is misguidance, going astray. And every going astray is in the hellfire. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Imam al-Nawi said, al-makhsus bi-jawami' al-kalam, the one who has been designated or singled out with the comprehensive speech. This is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that He did not give to any prophet before him. And that is the ability to speak with few words, but these few words are vast in meaning. Now, also, he said that the Prophet has been given the religion of forbearance. There, there is a narration where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّ الدِّينَ يُسْرٌ وَلَنْ يُشَّادَ الدِّينَ أَحَدٌ إِلَّا غَلَبَهُ فَسَدِّدُوا وَقَارِبُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned indeed the religion is ease or easy. And there's no one who goes overboard in the religion except that the religion will overcome him, it will overtake him. So do your best to be upon that which is correct and close to that which is upright and have glad tidings. You have those who misunderstand this narration. In the deen yusru, that indeed the religion is easy. And they take this to mean or they use the narration when it comes to them disobeying Allah. They oppose the commandments of Allah. And when they are reminded, they say, the, the Prophet said, the religion is easy, brother. Yes, the religion is easy, meaning the practice of the religion is easy. Not that the religion is easy where you can just pick and choose what you want to do from the religion. If you want to pray, you pray. If you don't want to pray, you don't have to pray. Why? Because the religion is easy. That's not the meaning of the hadith. It's not the meaning of the hadith. The religion is easy, meaning the practice, that which Allah has legislated, is easy. As Allah mentions, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها. Allah does not burden the soul beyond the capability. Allah says, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ Fear Allah to the best of your ability. This is the ease. يُرِيدُ اللَّهِ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرِ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرِ That Allah, He wants ease for you. Allah doesn't want hardship and difficulty upon you. And one of the principles of the religion, الْمَشَقَّةَ تَجْلِبُ تَيْسِيرِ That difficulty brings about ease. As an example, if a person is sick, he's not obligated to fast. He can make up the days from other days. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, صَلِّ قَائِمًا فَإِن لَمْ تَسْتَتِعْ فَقَاعِدًا فَإِن لَمْ تَسْتَتِعْ فَعَلَى الْجَنْبِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, pray standing. If you don't have the ability to pray standing, then pray sitting down. If you don't have the ability to pray sitting down, then pray laying down on your side. This is the ease that the Prophet was speaking about in the religion. As for that which we find people doing in these days and times, or interpreting the hadith with in these days and times, that the ease means you pick and choose what you want to practice from the religion, this is incorrect and a, a gross misunderstanding of the statement of the Prophet that the deed, that the deen is easy. 
Naam. And then he mentions, May the salawat of Allah and His salam be upon him and the rest of the prophets and messengers and their followers and family and all of the righteous. The salawat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the Prophet ﷺ is Allah mentioning the Prophet ﷺ in the higher gathering. And his salam, meaning salam upon the Prophet, protection of the Prophet ﷺ in the dunya as well as in the hereafter. And upon the rest of the Prophets and the messengers and their followers and family, or the believers from amongst them, and the rest of the righteous. No. Imam Nawi he says, Amma ba'd, and this statement, Amma ba'd, is an ibarah, or a figure of speech that is used to go from one topic to another, or to separate between two uh, speeches. He says, فَقَدْ رَوَيْنَا عَنَّ عَلِي بِنَ بِطَالِبِ وَعَبْدِ اللَّهِ بِنِ مَسْعُورُ وَمُعَذِ بِنِ جَبَلِ وَأَبِدْ دَرْدَاءِ وَبْنِ عُمَّ وَبْنِ عَبَّاسِ وَأَنَسِ بْنِ مَالِكِ وَأَبِي حُرَيْرَةَ وَأَبِي سَعِيدَ الْخُضْرِيَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ مِنْ تُرُكٍ كَثِيرَاتٍ بِرِوَايَاتٍ مُتَنَوِّعَاتٍ أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ مَنْ حَفِظَ مَنْ حَفِظَ عَلَى أُمَّتِي أَرْبَعِينَ حَدِيثًا مِنْ أَمْرِ دِينِهَا بَعَثَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ فِي زُمْرَةِ الْفُقَهَاءِ وَالْعُلَمَاءِ وفي رواية بعثه الله تعالى فقيها عالما وفي رواية أبي الدرداء وكنت له يوم القيامة شافعا وشهيدا وفي رواية ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه قيل له أدخل من أي أبواب الجنة شئت وفي رواية ابن عمر كتب في زمرة العلماء وحشر في زمرة الشهداء واتفق الحفاظ على أنه حديث ضعيف وإن كثرت طرقه. الإمام النووي رحمه الله تعالى he says that we have narrated on the authority of Ali bin Abi Talib and Abdullah bin Mas'ud and Mu'adh bin Jabal and Abi Darda and Ibn Umar and Ibn Abbas and Anas bin Malik and Abi Huraira and Abi Sa'id al Khudri. May Allah be pleased with them all for many different routes and different narrations. That the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whoever has preserved 40 hadith from my nation regarding the affair of their religion, then Allah will resurrect this individual on the day of judgment amongst the fuqaha and amongst the ulama. Another narration or wording states, Allah will resurrect him or raise him up as a faqih and an alim. And in the narration of Abi Darda, the Prophet, it says that the Prophet says, I will be an intercessor for him and a witness for him on the day of judgment. In the narration of Abdullah bin Mas'ud, it will be said, enter into any door of the paradise that you wish. And in the narration of Ibn Umar, it, will, it, uh, it states, uh, he will be written to be amongst the group of the scholars and he will be resurrected amongst the martyrs. Imam Anawi, he says that the Hufal, the scholars of hadith, those who have memorized hadith, they all are in agreement that this hadith is weak, even if the routes are many. Now, Avalon, license plate T662052C, you're blocking someone. 
So the Hufal, they are in agreement that the hadith is weak, even if the routes are many. Now, here, Barakallah Fikum, at times, there may be many different routes for a narration. However, the weakness is so severe in the chain of narrators that even though you have many different chains, they cannot support one another. And this here, Barakallah Fikum, is one of the ways that Allah has preserved the religion through the science of hadith. The science of hadith is an honored science of the religion in which the determination can be made between the narrations that are authentically reported on the Prophet ﷺ and those narrations that are not authentically reported on the Prophet ﷺ. Generally speaking, the scholars of hadith, they mention that there are four categories of hadith. Number one, as-sahih li-dhatihi. Hadith that are authentic based upon its own merit. Meaning the hadith is an is a authentic narration. The chain of narration is authentic. It is connected. Each of the people in the narration are reliable individuals. Their memory is strong. Their integrity is intact. Each one heard from the other all the way to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu li the second category, As-Sahih Li-Ghayrihi. As-Sahih Li-Ghayrihi. You have that which is authentic, but not based upon its own merit. And in reality, As-Sahih Li-Ghayrihi is Al-Hadith Al-Hasan. It is a good hadith. Same thing, the chain is connected. However, maybe a narrator or so, is not that strong in memory and the likes, but good, accepted. So as-Sahili Ghairihi is actually al-Hadith al-Hasan. Then you have al-Hasan li-Dhatihi, the narration that is a good narration, but is not on the level of being Sahih, but is a good narration on its own. And then the last category. Al-Hasan li-Ghayrihi Al-Hasan li-Ghayrihi By itself is actually uh, Al-Hadith al-Da'if The weak hadith But because of supporting chains And the, and the weakness in it is not that strong It's a weakness but it's not a strong weakness A severe weakness And there are other chains and routes That can support the weakness And then raise it up to being Al-Hasan li-Ghayrihi Good but based upon Other than its own merit now, these are the accepted categories of hadith. These four. Sahih, as-sahih li-dhatihi, as-sahih li-ghayrihi, al-hasan li-dhatihi, and al-hasan li-ghayrihi. And then you have al-da'if. The narration that is weak, that we do not accept. Or you have narrations that are mawdu'a, that are actually fabricated upon the Prophet sallallahu These narrations are not accepted. Now, so Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah, he brings these narrations. However, he mentions that the scholars of hadith have declared these narrations to be weak. 
even though the chain of narratives are many or the different routes are many Imam al-Zahabi rahimahullah ta'ala he states about this narration هَذَا مِمَّا تُحْرَمْ رِوَايَتُهُ إِلَّا مَقْرُونًا بِأَنَّهُ مَكْذُوبٌ مِنْ غَيْرِ تَرَدُّدٌ وَقَبَّحَ اللَّهُ مَنْ وَضَعَهُ He said this narration is a narration that is prohibited to narrate except that it is accompanied with the statement that this narration is fabricated without any doubt. And may Allah disgrace the one who fabricated this narration. And he mentioned that amongst the narrators there is Ibn Razam or Razam Kadab. He is a, a habitual liar, and perhaps he is the one who fabricated the narration. And also Sheikh Al Albani Rahimahullah Ta'ala he declared that the narration is fabricated in Silsilatul Al Hadith Al Da'ifa. Nah. But you do have ulama who mention this narration and their mentioning of this narration and acting accordance to it is due to there being many routes and many different chains. And they're saying that because there are so many routes and there's a possibility this narration is a sound narration. In any event, the narration is weak and we do not accept the narration. Imam Anawi he says, وَقَدْ صَنَّفَ الْعُلَمَاءِ فِي هَذَا الْبَابِ مَا لَا يُحْصَى مِنَ الْمُصَنَّفَاتِ فَأَوَّلُ مَنْ عَلِمْتُهُ صَنَّفَ فِيهِ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بِنُ مُبَارِقِ ثُمَّ مُحَمَّدِ بِنُ أَسْلَمْ التُوسِي الْعَالِمْ الرَّبَّانِ ثُمَّ الْحَسَنْ إِبْنُ السُّفْيَانِ النسوي وأبو بكر الآجري وأبو بكر محمد بن إبراهيم الأصفهاني والدار قطني والحاكم وأبو نعيم وأبو عبد الله وأبو عبد الرحمن السلمي وأبو سعيد الماليني وأبو عثمان الصابوني وأبد الله بن محمد الأنصاري وأبو بكر البيحقي وخلائق لا يحصون من المتقدمين والمتأخرين. he says that there are scholars who have authored books or works regarding this topic, meaning the topic of 40 hadith. And there are many. You can't count them. And the first of who I know to have done this is Abdullah ibn Mubarak. He said, then Muhammad ibn Aslam al-Tusi, the cultivating scholar. And then Al-Hasan ibn Sufyan al-Nasawi. Then Abu Bakr al-Ajurri and Abu Bakr Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Asfahani and Darukutni and Al-Hakim Abu Nu'aym and Abu Abdul Rahman al-Sulami to the end of the names that were mentioned. And many, many from the creation or from the scholars past and present, they have authored books. Meaning, you have scholars who have authored books about 40 hadith, like 40 hadith regarding a zuhud 40 hadith regarding asceticism, or 40 hadith regarding the virtues of La ilaha illallah, uh, 40 hadith... Um, Regarding the masjid, you have scholars past and present who, are, who have authored books like this. You have uh, 40 hadith regarding the ahkam by Imam al-Mundari. So there are many different 40 hadiths. But the most famous of them is that of al-Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah. And this is uh, an indication that Allah Azza wa Jal 
has given success to Imam al-Nawawi because the 40 hadith of al-Nawawi is widespread throughout the Muslim world and widely accepted throughout the Muslim world. Imam al-Nawawi, he said, وَقَدْ اسْتَخْرَجْتُ اللَّهَ تَعَالَ فِي جَمْعِ عَرْبَعِينَ حَدِيثًا اِقْتِدَاءً بِهَأُولَاءِ الْأَئِمَّةِ الْأَعْلَامِ حُفَّاذِ الْإِسْلَامِ He said, I made istikhara regarding compiling 40 hadith. I made istikhara to Allah regarding compiling 40 hadith following these noble and great scholars and preservers of Islam. In this barakallah fikum, we find that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he encouraged us with making the istikhara prayer. And one should not, barakallah fikum, downplay the affair of istikhara. Number one, because it is that which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam directed us to. Number two, it is returning to Allah with the affair, seeking the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number three, when a person makes the istikhara, then the person does not have any regret after returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking the the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala consulting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the affair and the istikhara is to be made when the person has the intent when the person has the intent to do an act of goodness, not something that is obligatory. You don't get up in the morning and make istikhara whether or not you're going to pray Salat al-Fajr. You have to pray Fajr. There's no istikhara regarding praying Salat al-Fajr. But istikhara is in like matters that are recommended or matters that are permissible or you face with two affairs and you're wavering in between the two and then you decide, okay, I'm going to go with this matter. You make the istikhara asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the guidance. Once the person, he or she, has made the decision to embark upon a matter, then the person prays the Turaqah. And this is based upon the wording in the Hadith. Which indicates that the istikhara is to be prayed once the person has made the decision. 
some people understood that the istikhara is to be made when you are undecided as to what you're going to do. Now, have you heard this? When do you make istikhara? No, some people, they, their understanding is that the istikhara is to be made when you're undecided. When you are undecided. Here the Prophet says, Sallallahu the hadith is on Jabir ibn Abdullah. Kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yu'allimuna al-istikhara fil-umur kulliha kama yu'allimuna as-sura min al-Qur'an. That the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to teach us the istikhara just as he would teach us a surah from the Qur'an. So this shows the importance of istikhara. And he said, he taught us the istikhara in all affairs. In all affairs to make istikhara. Then he says, يَقُولْ إِذَا هَمَّ أَحَدُكُمْ بِالْأَمْرِ When one of you has the intent to do something. The word hamma is like to have the intent. إِذَا هَمَّ أَحَدُكُمْ بِالْأَمْرِ فَلْيَرْكَعْ رَكَعَتَيْنِ مِنْ غَيْرِ الْفَرِيضَةِ that when one of you has the intent to, to do a matter, then let him pray two raka'ah other than that which is obligatory. So this is a point. The istikhara, barakallahu fikum, is to be made after the person has the intent to do something. And one is to pray two raka'ah, but these two raka'ah cannot be from the obligatory raka'ah. Thumma. يقول اللهم إني أستخيرك بعلمك واستقدرك بقدرتك وأسألك من فضلك العظيم فإنك تقدر ولا أقدر وتعلم ولا ولا أعلم وأنت علام الغيوب اللهم إن كنت تعلم أن هذا الأمر خير لي في ديني ومعاشي وعاقبة أمري فقدره فقدره لي ويس ويسره لي ثم بارك لي فيه اللهم إن كنت تعلم أن هذا الأمر شر لي في ديني ومعاشي وآقبة أمري فاصرفه عني واصرفني عنه واقدر لي الخير حيث كان ثم ارضني به Here the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that after the person prays the two raka'ah he should say, Oh Allah, I am seeking your counsel based upon your knowledge and seeking aid and help from you based upon your power and might. I ask you based upon your magnificent virtue. For indeed you are the one who has control of the decrees and I do not have control over the decrees. And you know and I do not know. And you are the one who knows the unseen. O oh Allah, if you know this matter, meaning the matter you intend to indulge in, if you know this matter to be good for me in my religion, and in my worldly affairs, as well as in my hereafter, then decree it for me, make it easy for me, and then bless me in it. 
And oh Allah, if you know that this matter is evil for me in my religion, and in my worldly affairs, and in my hereafter, then keep it away from me and keep me away from it. And then decree for me that which is better than it from wherever you decree, and then make me pleased with it. So you see the wording is an indication that the Salat al-Istikhara is to be prayed after you have made the decision to do something. And then you go and pray. And the sign, Barakallah Fikum, is not a dream. As some people, they make Istikhara, then they wait for this dream to come. The sign is Allah putting ease in the affair and making it easy for you to attain it. That's the sign that is for you. And the sign that is not for you is Allah taking it away from you. Okay, this is the sign. Based upon the wording of the hadith. Some people say, if you see in a dream now, right, and they make it istikhara in the night, you see it and they wait for the dream. No, this is not the answer. The answer to the istikhara is whether or not Allah makes the affair easy for you and to attain it and He places barakah in it, or Allah Azawajal removes it from you. Now, الإمام النووي رحمه الله تعالى says وقد اتفق العلماء على جواز العمل بالحديث الضعيف في فضائل الأعمال. He says that the scholars are in agreement regarding the permissibility of using weak hadith in the area of the virtues of actions. This statement of الإمام النووي رحمه الله تعالى is not correct because the scholars are not in agreement regarding the usage of weak hadith. The scholars rather they differ regarding the usage of weak hadith. You have from the scholars who do say that you can use weak hadith when it comes to the virtues of actions. But they say that they are conditions. One, that the hadith cannot be severely weak. Two, that it enters under a general principle in the religion. And its meaning is established already in the authentic text. And three, one cannot believe that when doing the act that this is something specifically that's upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Other scholars they say it is not allowed to use weak hadith at all whatsoever. Why? Because that which is authentic suffices us. And we are not in need of anything that is not authentically reported on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There are times you have hadith that are weak, but the meaning is correct. And we must say that. The hadith is weak, however the meaning is correct, meaning based upon other texts. However, we do not attribute that specific hadith to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is important because you have many from amongst the people, they cannot tell the difference between a weak hadith and an authentic hadith. 
So those who are in the position of teaching, if they mention a weak hadith, it is important that they mention that the hadith is weak, but they say the meaning is correct based upon other from amongst the texts. Imam Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala says, وَمَعَ هَذَا فَلَيْسَ اِعْتِمَادِي عَلَى هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ He says, however, I, have, I, do, I do not depend upon this hadith. Meaning the hadith of whoever has preserved 40 hadith for my ummah. Meaning, so Imam Nawawi is saying that him compiling this 40 hadith is not based upon the weak hadith or the fabricated hadith according to some of the ulama. بَالَ عَلَى قَوْلِهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ الأحاديث الصحيحة ليبلغ الشاهد منكم الغائب Let the one who witnesses convey to the one who is absent وقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم نظر الله امرأة سمع مقالتي فوعاها فأداها كما سمعها May Allah illuminate the face of the person who hears my statement and he memorizes it and then he conveys it to the people just as he has heard it. So Imam Manawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he's mentioning this is why he has compiled the 40 hadith. And this here, barakallah fikum, shows the, the in-depth knowledge of Imam Anawi. Because these hadith, although it does not say specifically, gather together 40 hadith and then convey it. But the generality of the wording establishes the virtues of conveying the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam to the people. So let those who are present, the those who witness my speech, convey to those who are absent. So those who have heard the statements of the Prophet wasallam, they mention it to those who did not hear. And this can be done in compiling books of hadith. Likewise, may Allah illuminate the face of a person who hears my statement and memorizes it and then conveys it as he has heard it. This hadith also is an encouragement of conveying the words of the Prophet wasallam. Likewise, we have the hadith, بَلِّغُوا anni walaw ayah. The Prophet ﷺ said, convey on me even if it's one matter. Even if it's one hadith, convey it to the people. So it is important that we convey the sunnah to the people. Because the sunnah, as mentioned in the previous class, is revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the sunnah explains the Qur'an in many instances. So the sunnah is to be propagated just as we call the people to the Qur'an and we propagate the Qur'an. Likewise, we should propagate the sunnah of the Prophet Also this narration is, or the narration, May Allah illuminate the face of the person or a person who hears my statement. This narration is a refutation against those who call themselves the Qur'aniyun. The Qur'anis. Those people who say we only need Qur'an, we don't need hadith. Here the Prophet ﷺ is making dua that Allah illuminates the person who hears his statement, hears the sunnah, and then conveys it to the people. The sunnah, barakallah fikum, is revelation from Allah that we cannot do without. Anyone who says we don't need the sunnah, he can't practice Islam. 
Where in the Quran specifically is the wordings of the Adhan and the Iqama? Specifically. Right, not there. It's there in general because Allah says, whatever the messenger gives you, take it. Whatever the messenger forbids you from abstaining from it. Every authentic hadith falls under that ayah. In the verses where Allah says, and obey the messenger. That's the sunnah. And Allah mentions, uh, He has come to teach you the book and the wisdom. The wisdom is the sunnah. So generally the sunnah is in the Qur'an. But specifically, where is the wording of the adhan? It's not there. Specifically, where do we find the details of how to make salah? In the Qur'an. It's not there. And this is not a deficiency uh, in the Qur'an. Rather, this is from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that these matters are not specifically mentioned in the Qur'an. Rather, they are in the sunnah, which shows the need for following the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we, when we enter into the salah, we say Allahu Akbar, right? And then we make the dua. Where is, what is that in the Qur'an? And where is in the Qur'an that you, you recite Fatiha? And where is in the Qur'an that before you go into ruku, you say Allahu Akbar, and when you're in ruku, Subhanu Rabbi Al-Azim, and coming up, Semi Allahu Adim. Where are these details in the Qur'an? The details of zakat, the details of fasting, the details of hajj, and other than that. Where are these things in the Qur'an? They're not in the Qur'an specifically. Rather, they are found in the authentic narrations of the Prophet ﷺ. So those who say that we are not in need of the hadith, this is a serious, gross error. And this goes against what Allah has mentioned in the Qur'an. Now, we'll stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And whatever... Is incorrect, it is for myself. Musubahana kalahum wa bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha ila anta astakfiru kumatu bilik.